At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey guys, welcome back to Three Terrible Gamers Podcast. This is episode 78, and I'm here with Colin. Hey guys. Alright, we have all new topics this week. Just started fresh. Um, starting up, we have Mandalorian first-person shooter is reported. We know that uh, Respawn Entertainment, the team behind Titanfall, Apex Legends, and Star Wars Jedi series has a couple of announced Star Wars games in the works. It's unclear what form those projects are taking, but according to one report, one of them may star the Mandalorian. So, I mean, that's basic, simple on that one. I don't know. I feel kind of weird about Star Wars games to an extent, just because, which of course, up until this point, I thought that you know, the same, like, Respawn and had a hand in, like, all the Star Wars series because I know, like, the Battlegrounds are notorious for having microtransactions in them and stuff. But I guess DICE helps in that one. Opposed to Respawn. Right. Yeah, I've never been a big Star Wars fan. I've never been able to get into it i've never even really watched it honestly but uh same here i know there's a lot of fans out there so so we'll just cover it for those fans um i mean don't get me wrong the mandalorian show looks pretty cool like i've never watched it but people say it's good but uh yeah it just never interested me really but like colin said respawn is apparently behind this rumored Mandalorian game and they made Titanfall and Apex Traversal and other games so definitely uh, an inexperienced uh, group of people because Titanfall, those two games, they were really good games I don't know if you ever played them or not but they're really good, really fun I think I played a little bit of the first one I couldn't really get into it Okay. but for me if it's I'm very particular about how my shooters go. Yeah, me too. But I don't. It for some it takes a lot, honestly, to lure me into a game. For some reason, it it did the trick. I don't know. Some games yeah. I just can get into. Some games I just can't. They can't. I know it was all the hype. What? I want to say the first one came out in 2015, right? Roughly? Around that, yeah, I would say. I think I was still in high school when it came out. Yeah, and then... I think there was more hype behind the second one. Yeah. Because how successful and how much of a... uh, How good the first one wound up being. 
Right. Yeah. Which of course after the second one, it just the hype really died down quick. Yeah. It seemed like it like it didn't last as long as the first one. Yeah, the, the article I have here it says, it goes on to say the game, which could be led by response Peter Hirschman, is said to also utilize interesting gameplay loops similar to Doom Eternal. Players may be able to heal themselves upon successful attacks, somewhat like the glory kills system found in ID's recent Doom releases. Predictably, gamers will be able to play as a Mandalorian bounty hunter in the project, but it is unknown whether or not we will be based on Boba Fett, Din, Djarin, or another new protagonist. Respawn has yet to formally announce the shooter. So, uh, I don't know if you played Doom Eternal, but I have, and it's really fun. And if it's anything like Doom Eternal, it's definitely worth playing. Yeah, I haven't played Doom Doom Eternal. I've seen it be played, but I I don't think I've ever really got into the Doom series. I hadn't either, but playing that game, it's really fun. It's on Game Pass. That's the only reason yeah. I played it, but it's really fun. Yeah, like I said, it's and I mean you said it earlier yourself, it's hard to get me into a certain type of video game. Like I know what I want to play. Yeah. Like today I seen on Epic, so here's a little bonus topic for you guys, even though I'm not the host, is the free game for the week is Super Meat Boy Forever. I don't did you ever play the first Super Meat Boy? I couldn't get into it. I got into it because it's uh basically a harder platformer game. Yeah. So it's basically like a harder version of Mario and it mocks you because, you know, it shows you how many times you died and how long it took you to do the whole level. And this one it's you don't have no control. It's basically an auto scroller, but you do all your timing stuff. Your up downs and everything else. But yeah, it's I got into it today and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I remembered why this other one was so hard. Now it's even harder on PC and auto scroll. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, I think I got it when it was I think it was a free games of gold. Yeah, it was a game of gold. Yeah. I just I don't know, I couldn't could get into it. Play my platformers on Nintendo systems. All right, so uh, finally got that Nintendo Direct partner showcase that's been rumored for the past couple weeks, delayed due to the Xbox. Finally got it, and we have the summary here for you guys. That's the one that I somehow missed and got tangled up with. It's in the other one, so I didn't really do any studying for it. Granted, I watched the whole entire Direct. So, we got the Nintendo Sits confirmed. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing. It was all third-party titles for the most part. Which it was and rumored they, to be. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a relatively great showcase. It was kind of disappointing. I mean, to me it was kind of disappointing just because it, it was No first-party stuff. Yeah, there was no first-party stuff hardly. Or really at all. Tech, I mean, I say that because I believe there was like a couple Nintendo titles in there. My memory may not be serving me correctly though. But I know there was like a few games on there like I got excited just because how my kids are. And uh, Epic Mickey Rebrushed was showed. Best which, one. that was a game that looked cool as a kid. Because I believe what, it came out for the Wii? 
2011. Yeah. And I never did. Yet again, I wasn't a huge Disney person. So, didn't really suit my fancy then if it wasn't 2K basketball at the time on yeah. the Wii, or basically that was the only thing I was playing on it. And so, that one was really the only one that really stood out to me was Epic Mickey, which, yet again, it's, as you said, 2011, so 13 years to do a remaster and what, there was two of them? Yeah. I believe, but this one's just covering the first one. It's just the first one. Yeah. And this one was, was a Wii it. exclusive, and then the second one came out on other platforms, too. Gotcha. Yeah, because, like, that was part of the thing with, like, the Wii remote, being able to actually draw with it and stuff like that. Yeah, and then the game actually came with a nunchuck-shaped like a paintbrush gotcha yeah, I didn't know about that part mm. did you get it I'm assuming Elizabeth's a huge Disney fan yeah, we got it back in the day she played it yeah I played it too it was a fun game I'll probably get it for a Switch or try it out or whatever it, it was fun it's worth playing good adventure game yeah. to I'll be a Mickey that. game yeah the irony of it being an epic game after getting invested, I know it's, I know that was a you know huge thing in two thousand, like you said, two thousand eleven. But <laughs> yeah. the irony of being called Epic and they just invested ten million dollars. Now in the all Epic. these kids are gonna be like, oh, they're putting Epic's name in Mickey now because Disney invested in Epic. <laughs> they're already switching their name to Epic, Epic Mickey. Yeah. Uh. uh I'll go ahead and s I have the whole showcase here. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'll skip this part because this is a topic later if we get to it. Uh, I have some here. In Inner Ender Magnolia Bloom of in the Mist, Summer 2024. Arranger, a role puzzling adventure, Summer 2024. Now this is my favorite right here. Unicorn Overlord. That is that's the best. I don't even know what that is. Right here. Yeah. It's, there's a demo that's out if you guys want to try it out. Knockout Power World. Yeah. Monster Hunter Stories, Summer 2024. Monster Hunter series is pretty good. Hit and miss for me, but has a lot of fans for sure. Disney Epic Mickey, Rebrushed, 2024. And I'll just go ahead and read the description for it. It says, 2011's Epic Mickey is getting touched up for a comeback on Switch. The enhanced remake includes updated graphics, new skills for Mickey, and other improvements. You can learn more here, whatever. That's probably the best one in the entire showcase. That's a really good game. Underrated for sure. Not too many people would just go out and try to buy Disney games. Uh, that, true, right. Plus, you already have some sort of fandom. Or well, you think, out. though, usually Mickey's uh, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, kid's game. Honestly, it's kind of hard for kids. Like, it's it's more like Zelda-tier level difficulty. Puzzles, stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense being an adventure game. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Shin Megami... Is it kind of open world? It's kind of like the older Zeldas like open world but you have a set path that you need to do and you have to do it in certain order or you'll mess up and you gotta kind of start over a certain level or whatever 
there's some places in Zelda games like if you do something too early, you're just you're done. You have to start the whole game over. So it's not quite that bad, but you do have to start some levels over if you mess up. But Shin Megami Tensei Five Vengeance, June twenty first. I've never been a big Shin Megami Tensei fan, but I know there's a ton of them out there, so I figured I'd throw it in there for you guys. Talked about Star Wars earlier. Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection, March 14th. The original... Yeah. <laughs> the original Battlefront games have been remastered and updated with features such as new playable characters. I'm not going to read that. Super Monkey Ball... Banana Rumble, June 25th. That's good. But if you've never played Super Monkey Ball, they're really good games. They uh, the first couple were, yeah, I think it was the first two came out on the GameCube. They were really good games. Um, I've talked about it before. It's just one of those types of games that it's a puzzle game. If you like time wasters, it's a good time waster. And the one on the Wii had, you could use your little Wii platform if you had, like, the Wii Fit Trainer thing. Oh, the balance board. Yeah, the balance board. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't play it on the Wii. That's what I had it on. Oh, okay. And then the last one I'm going to read, because it's the only one I care about that's left. Rare games on on Switch Online. A bundle of classic rare games come to Nintendo Switch Online. Snake, Rattle, and Roll, RC, Pro-AM, Battletoads, in Battle Maniacs, Killer Instinct, and Blast Corpse. So I don't really care about those rare games, but the point that rare games are coming to Nintendo Switch Online, and Rare is owned by Xbox now, and Rare also made Banjo-Kazooie, but Banjo-Kazooie is also on Nintendo Switch Online. I'm just saying that... We may be seeing other Banjo Kazooie games come to Nintendo Switch Online sometime in the future. Since there's other rare games going as well. Yeah, Killer Instinct to me is probably going to be the best one. Which, okay. of course, I know back in the day, especially in the arcade cabinets, you had your Mortal Kombat, your Street Fighters, and your Killer Instincts right. series. So it's all what you prefer. Which, yet again, kind of hard to go wrong for a fighting game, especially the older versions. Right. Battletoads, of course, known for its difficulty. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Not really a suitable thing for a terrible gamer. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. I called this before the thing even released. I called it PlayStation Portal Gets Hacked. Uh, yeah, and it was hacked by Google engineers. <laughs> uh, the Google engineers, uh, they hacked in, and they pretty much made a emulator for the uh, PSP emulator for the new PSP, basically. You know, yeah. same abbreviations. Right. Uh, but, and it can be done natively. Obviously, that's how the emulator worked. That way you don't have to necessarily run off your PS5. Right. But the two Google engineers have managed to get, uh, it's just all the letters read PSP, but there's two P's, two S's, two P's. 
emulators running natively on the PlayStation Portal, allowing a Grand Theft Auto PSP version to run on the Portal without Wi-Fi streaming required. After more than a month of hard work, PPSSPP is running natively on PlayStation Portal. Yes, we hacked it, says Andy Nigan on a post on Twitter. So, I mean, like I said, they're on there bragging that they basically broke the system with it. Which the Grand Theft Auto PSP game, I can't remember which one was that. Because I know there was one Chinatown that came out on DS. Would that be the same one it's referring to? It says on here, it says Grand Theft Auto 3 is which one they were playing. Yeah, saying Grand Theft Auto 3 was the one that they were playing on it. Gotcha. Yeah, mine didn't go into which one it was. But, I mean, I knew it would happen because it's a stupid system that you have to rely on Wi-Fi and a PS5. I said, I didn't know what operating system it would be running, if it would be running one at all, which it isn't. It just goes in, boots in, looks for Wi-Fi, looks for PS5. So, that's why I kind of took longer than I expected to hack somebody to get to hack it because it doesn't have an operating system so you gotta do more to it yeah but um I knew it happened found it out though so right they also said right yeah they also said they weren't gonna release a guide on how to do it but these guys doing it is gonna give interest to other people that are gonna do it that will release guides so just sit tight if you own this device and regret buying it because it's useless device and you want to hack it you just hang tight and you'll be able to hack it here soon i'm sure somebody will get a guide out there but if you have never used the ppsspp emulator it's a very good psp emulator the only one that i recommend playing one it's compatible with every psp game that i've ever tried on it as long as your device can handle it it does really good so uh at least it's the PlayStation Portal is powerful enough to run the PSP games. So, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. What, what console would you have that wouldn't be able to run a PSP title <laughs> if that's not older than the PSP itself? Because uh, what, it got released in 07? Like, a year after the PS2 came out? Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like, some... Uh, most older phones I guess you know wouldn't oh, be able yeah. to run it but like any phone you buy now it'd be, it'd be able to run this probably at least 3x native resolution so like uh, my Odin it can run it PSP games 3x resolution my Ally it's a gaming PC so it can run it as much as I want it to up to my whatever monitor is it could run to 4k if i wanted it to but my monitor don't go up that high so there's no point in running that high but uh it's a very good emulator if you guys haven't tried it out but i knew it would get hacked and it'll people play other emulators on it as well whenever they figure out exactly how to do it so go ahead and move on Sony's value drops nearly $10 billion. All because of that daggone PSP hack. Yeah. 
Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Bucked Up. Bucked Up is a company founded in 2016 by two brothers on a mission to provide consumers with the highest quality supplements and fitness products to help them achieve their health and fitness goals. Bucked Up has a ton of products ranging from energy drinks and supplements to protein bars and pre-workout, all with crazy good flavors like Rocket Pop and Cotton Candy. You won't find a better tasting boost without the crash anywhere else. So head on over to buckedup.com and use the code 3TG to get 20% off your order. That's the number 3TG. Get the job done and feel great with Bucked Up Energy. When you feel it, you just got bucked up. We are very pleased to announce our super new sponsor, Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes such as Alliance Wars and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is always evolving along with campaigns, blitz, and arena. There's also Alliance War, a massive weekly alliance battle, raids, and cosmic crucible where you go head-to-head against other players in a tournament. Marvel Strike Force are enjoying their six-year anniversary. You know what that means. Free stuff, just for signing up via our unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We have received a unique promo code for every new user. Please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring today's episode. No, it just so happens to be the same time frame. Uh, the stock lost $10 billion in value last week after the tech giant Powered its forecast for the this year's PS predicted PS5 sales. However, this announcement <clears throat> uh, belies a bigger issue, according to financial analysts reported by CNBC. Though the choice by Sony to drop its prediction of 25 million PS5 sales in the upcoming fiscal year to 21 million caused the company's stocks to dive, this move is just a symptom of a bigger problem at the tech giant, according to Jeffrey's equality analyst, Adel Goyle. But yeah, so it's we've talked about it. I mean, we talked about the specs last week. It's so PS6 is already in specs, and the PS5 Pro is supposedly still in the you know process of getting released as a late thing, and we're basically two years away from getting another PlayStation console in the first place. So their sales would be predicted to be lower because at this point, and they finally pushed out enough to where people can just buy their consoles and then be on the shelves at all points in times now. Right. So that was naturally going to happen anyways. Granted, I didn't know that's necessarily how to, I'm not a stock market person, so I didn't know that's how stocks necessarily worked if you said that something wasn't going to sell as well that I'm guessing investors took their money away at that point like took their money out of their stock to go somewhere else with it I'm assuming that's what it's based on 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, you can go into almost any Walmart now and see a PS5 sitting on the shelf, where even a year ago, it was rare to see one on a shelf. So there's definitely not as much of a demand for them now, because mostly everybody that wanted one has already got one. I mean, you'll still have some people that buy another one or some people that still buy them for the first time, but most of the people that were initially interested in getting one already has one. So, of course, you're going to see a decline in sales, just like the Switch is declining in sales. The Switch is be seven years old next month. So, you're, the PS5 is not that old, but still, you're going to see a drop in sales especially compared to the Switch, because the PS5 is just a home console. Switch is both. So that's I think that's what's kept the Switch alive this long, is that it's both. But with the PS5 and the Xbox Series, it's not both. So it's going to die a little sooner in the generation than a hybrid system would, which makes complete sense. Yeah. And the fact that they're just thinking about 4 million are basically going to drop its... I mean, yeah, that's a significant number, especially since they're $500 a pop. Yeah. But still, it's just one of those things. Investors are like, oh, no, I'm going to withdraw from you now, which obviously drops the company's stocks, which makes the company worth less. And they'll get uh, it back. Yeah. I mean, they're not just video games anyway. They have movies. They have all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they're fine. Sony's not going bankrupt. Not even close. <laughs> they can, they can drop ten billion dollars and still be okay. All right. On the other side of this, Nintendo has been named the richest company in Japan. Yeah, take out Sony. That's right. That's what you get for losing ten billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Tokyo, not Tokyo, yeah, that's in Japan, but that's not the name my dyslexic kicked in. Toyo Kizai published a its annual top 300 richest Japanese companies list this week. Looking at the country's various business and ranking in regard regarding cash flow and debt, Nintendo is topping the list, still riding the high on the immense financial success of the Nintendo Switch console and the smash hit Super Mario Bros. Wonder. 11 billion, so they're at 11 million US dollars with no debt on their thing. Which, it's funny that I'm, I, no, it's not Wonder, it's the movie. Because yeah. that's another thing Nintendo has going for them now too is Movies as well as what Sony was doing already for the longest time. Yeah. But, so yeah, so Nintendo sits on top of that list. I wasn't going through all 300. Sony's somewhere on that list still. They oh, didn't yeah. drop that more down. But Nintendo is number one in Japan, her top company and richest company. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, the Smash Hit Super Mario Bros. movie. Games-wise, Super Mario Bros. Wonder has sold over 12 million copies, with other notable 2023 releases like The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Pikmin 4 has sold up to 30 million copies, collectively. 
So yeah, uh, Nintendo's not hurting at all, <laughs> obviously. It says, uh, although Nintendo Switch sales have slowed as the console reaches the tail end of its life cycle, as a company, Nintendo is entirely debt-free, sitting, like you said, at over one, no, sorry, at over 11 billion U.S. dollars or 1.7186 trillion yen. It's a lot of money. A lot of yen. <laughs> a lot of yen. A whole lot of yen. <laughs> Imagine that. Since their currency is their currency, they are trillionaires. Yeah. By the company. Because obviously their currency is the yen. Right. So yeah, they're trillionaires. They're trillionaires. May not be worth as much as the US dollar, but... They, not everybody can say they're trillionaires. Not even Microsoft's trillionaires. Well, if you transfer it over to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they probably would be. No, definitely for sure, but they're a U.S. company, so they use the U.S. dollar. Yep. And we're from the United States, so that's why we automatically use the USD instead of, you know, the pound or a euro or anything like that. Right. Or yen. Yen. All right, moving on. Pokemon presents event announced. Uh, yeah, so the it's going to be released the day at this podcast episode releases. So February twenty seventh at nine a.m. So if you listen to us in the wee early morning hours, going to work on a Tuesday morning, you'll be able to know that you can turn tune in to the Pokemon Presents at nine a.m. Eastern Standard Time, six p.m. Pacific Time. It's not known what will be featured during the presentation, but thanks to a little tip from Nintendo, it looks like it'll be Pokemon Gold and Silver will show up in some fashion. This is because a recent short video posted by the Pokemon channel on YouTube contains a description linking a showcase specifically to Gold and Silver. Right. Uh, so yeah, I don't really care what's announced here. So, I'm just hoping that they announce a sequel to Legends Arceus. That's the only thing I care about. If it's another mainstream Pokemon game like Scarlet and Violet, I don't care because it's probably going to perform awfully. Buggy, I mean, I'm not really... But the team behind Legends Arceus is a different team that worked on Scarlet and Violet. And whoever worked, I can't remember their names, but whoever worked on Legends Arcus should be working on the mainstream <laughs> games because it was so much better graphics-wise. It Frames were solid for the most part. And it's just a good game. It's Power World before Power World. It's Power World without weapons, and that's pretty much it. I guess where Power World got its inspiration from was oh, yeah. Arceus. Oh, yeah. And that's, I think that's why I like it so much, because I love Arcus. It's a really good game. I'm not a big Pokemon fan, but Arcus is fun. I mean, yeah, you got your adventure part in the game by exploring the normal games, but at the same time, it's still a turn-based RPG at the end of the day. Right. And that's an another thing, too. Arcus, you go into a battle, it's still turn-based, but it's, it's not dreadful to go through like a normal Pokemon game is 
for one, you pick your fights too, instead of, I mean, I know you kind of do in the main game too, but there's still a story and a path to go through. It's not open world for, I mean, Scarlet and Violet are, but the other ones are not. Legends Arc is the first Pokemon game that's open world fully. And it's even more open world than the newer Scarlet and Violet. So you go pick your fights. And honestly, you can rank up your Pokemon so much in Arcus that you just one kill one hit kill them anyway, so it's not really turn based any anymore. So it's it's just fun. And that's one thing I do like about Power World more is it's not turn based at all. You just fight till they, they're dead but I mean even if they keep the turn base which I'm sure they will in the Legends Arceus sequel if it's even going to be announced I doubt it but that's what I'm hoping for hopefully they take out the turn base but they probably won't I said it'll do like I said the gold and silver based off the just how everything was laid out on there so it'll probably do a remake of those games and then uh, or I'm sure it'll do something based on Pokemon Go too. Then you give up on that. Still thriving. After almost seven years, and I think June will be seven years. People need to give it up. You're not losing weight. <laughs> so just like catching out in the wild. Yeah, driving down the road, they're not even walking. That's true too. You gotta get that random dragon eye that pops up on I seventy nine, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, I seventy nine. Drive that quite often going to work. Past couple of weeks, I don't drive it anymore. Every day, past few weeks, every day for the next few months. Anyway, we'll move on to the next one because it was a big topic past couple of weeks. Xbox confirms which four games are going to PS five. And switch yeah i've only heard of two of these uh there's pin tenement ps4 ps5 and switch on february 22nd so it's not just coming to ps5 uh hi-fi rush is ps5 only and it's march 19th so time of recording it was yesterday when pentiment came out hi-fi rush like i said march 19th ps5 grounded is PS4, PS5, and Switch on April 16th, and Sea of Thieves, PS5, on April 30th. Yep. So I have one of the four, and you've had two of the four. Yep, 50%. You're 25%. Yep. I mean, it's still good, though. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that there's no Gears of War, there's no Halo, there's no Forza. I'm happy there's just... Yeah, Sea of Thieves has become a bigger name for Xbox, but it's nowhere near even Gears of War is. So I'm happy there's no huge names on here. I knew it had a lot of hype whenever it came out, but it just seemed like the hype died down pretty quick on that game. Which, I mean, the people that loved it still played it. Yeah. still play it. You hear about it more now than you did a year ago. Like, I think the hype's yeah. kind of built back up some now. It was released DLC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe. <clears throat> so yeah, those are the four games. I definitely knew how Fire Rush was going. But uh, I knew it was, it was a very talked about game whenever it first came out too. Yeah, because it was just kind of out of nowhere. What's up? I didn't realize it was an Xbox exclusive though. Like, yeah, for the longest time. Yeah. 
Alright guys, that's all the time we have. Thanks for watching and listening, however you got it. Remember, you can always watch us live on Twitch and YouTube. Follow us on all of our podcast socials, our Twitch, YouTube, Discord, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, pretty much on all of them. Our merch on Redbubble. Shout out to Bucked Up for sponsoring this episode. Colin, do you have anything? I think that. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode. Later, guys.